Hey, Mountain. How's everybody? Happy New Year. It's been a rough uh, weekend for sports fans in this area. If you cheer for a purple team, it's been brutal. It's been disappointing. Sorry, we're commiserating together and licking our wounds together. If you're a Vikings or a Ravens fan, I'm sorry. Disappointing loss, but aren't you glad, honestly? Aren't you glad that we can come together in the name not of a team, Come together in the name of one who will never fail or disappoint us. That's why we're here. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll get, keep it in perspective. Keep it in perspective. Hey, I uh, want to talk about a couple things before we get into the message here. Um, just kind of uh, house uh, logistics talk. Um, nobody expected the Vikings to win any soup, uh, any, uh, well, that too. Nobody, no, nobody expected the Vikings to win any playoff games. We did win a playoff game last week. They were wrong. We did win, although we got killed yesterday. Everybody expected the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. I did, and turns out we were wrong on that one. Here at Mountain, we, we take our mission real seriously. We, um, we try to do the right things. We try to do the right things in the right way. We try to um, be intentional about what we do. We're not afraid to try new things, which is why a few weeks back, actually a few months back, we introduced these kiosks. You've probably seen them around at our campuses, right? They, they say, pray, give, connect, as a way for people to submit prayer requests, uh, a turn in commitment, uh, connection cards that kind of say, hey, I'm here and all that. And also, during the service at one of our campuses, that was a way you could give an offering to the Lord. We, at the same time, stopped passing the offering bags, which we had done for years to, you know, in the service. Um, because so many people had begun to give online, which is a good thing. We want to encourage that. It's a great way to give and a very regularized way to give. So many were giving online, and we just figured it wouldn't really matter that much, and it wouldn't affect the way that y'all would submit prayer requests and y'all would stay connected and um, be involved with offerings and so forth. Well, just like happens in sports sometimes, what everyone thought was a sure thing Turns out not to be the case, and we were wrong. <laughs> we were really wrong. Turns out apparently you all do miss those bags a little bit. Here's what happened. Um, even though online, the number of people giving online did increase and all that, here's what else happened. The number of prayer requests that you guys have submitted every week has dropped significantly. And I doubt it's because it's like all of a sudden there's nothing to pray for. <laughs> I'm guessing it's because just the method of collecting those is, is not uh, as easy for you. You're just too lazy to walk to the kiosk, I guess. I don't know what it is. But, you know, we want to be a praying church. We want to be able to, to pray for one another. And, and when, you, when you kind of fill out one of those prayer requests, that's like a prayer in itself. And you want to know that your church is praying for you. And we take it seriously. We type them all out. They're circulated to all the elders and all the staff and our prayer teams. And they're prayed for every week. And that cut, like, drastically. That, that's not good. You know what else? Those little connection cards, you may not think they're important, but they really are. They're a way of us staying connected and knowing who, what's happening in people's lives. And also, it's a way people take next steps and get involved and move forward on our mission. And that dropped by more than half the number of connection cards that came in. And also, while a lot of people are moving to give online, again, we want to encourage that. Some of you prefer when you're in a worship place, you just want to give either with a cash gift or a check or something like that right in the place. And um, that had dropped off as well. So we want to make it easy to do those things. We want to make it easy to pray and submit prayer requests and connect and give and all of that. So you know where the punchline's going on this one. We're going back to the bags, and we're starting to pass them, and it's starting today. So we were wrong. Um, 
Now, if you, if you want to, uh, I, I encourage you to, to give online. You can continue to do that if you want to. Um, if you want to walk to the kiosk and turn in your connection card, your prayer request, or make an offering to the Lord that way, you can. If you want to turn in a prayer request online, you can continue to do that. We're going to continue to do the same generosity moments in their services the way that we always have. But in addition to all that, we're adding the bags back in, and that means they'll pass down the row. If you're, not, if you're new here, there's a little funny, it's going to look like a funny hat coming down the row. It's not a hat. Turn it the other way, and if you want to put a prayer request or a connection card or uh, your gift to the Lord, you can in there. Okay? Everybody good? Let's pray, and then we're going to jump into the message. Let's pray together. God, some of us today, we find ourselves on a mountaintop. We're, we're feeling strong and happy and good. And we thank you for that, Lord, and we ask you to meet us there and make us bold. Some of us, Lord, are in a valley today, a dark place, maybe a sad place, even a shadow of death with heavy hearts and burdens. We pray that you would meet us too, Lord, with your care and your compassion. We ask you to bring healing and hope. And now as we dare to open your word, and hear what you have for us, Lord. Help open us up too. We really ask that, Lord, in your name, that you would open us up even as we open up your word. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, it's a new year, so that's when a lot of people make you know, promises to themselves, resolutions and goals. How many of you set some kind of goal or in your head? You said, you know, something's going to be different in 2020. Anybody? Come on. Hopefully you did. You don't want to miss that opportunity. Well, I, I did. I was kind of whining to somebody about, you know, I kind of would like to get some more exercise, but it's hard to find the time, you know, and they're like, seriously? And then they said this. They said, dude, if you just like preached on a treadmill, trust me, you'd get plenty of exercise. I'm like, yeah, ha, ha. They're like, no, I'm serious. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they said, I dare you. So here I am. So if you don't mind, I'm going to get a little workout in while you're hanging out with me. Is that okay? Go for a little walk. We're going to talk about going for a walk today. And this series is called Take the Dare. All right? Take the Dare. So I'm going to give you a couple of fun, silly little dares that have to do with walking. All right? And I dare you to take advantage of these. And, and we're going to have some fun. Post these around. So let me give you five examples. You can come up with your own if you want. And post these. Film yourself doing these. And I dare you to. You won't. Uh, you won't. I dare you. But anyway, post them. Hashtag MCC Take the Dare or email them to us at dare at mountaincc.org and uh, we'll post them for you. Here's, here's one for you. Walk through the mall or Walmart singing Amazing Grace in your most soulful voice. Film yourself doing that and post it. I dare you. You won't do it. You're too chicken. How about this one? Walk outside your house to the end of your driveway with cars going by and do the floss or the macarena, your choice, for five cars that pass by and film yourself doing it. Yeah, I want to see you do it. You won't do it. I dare you. When you go to work or school, walk like you're on a runway at a fashion show and just film yourself doing it. I want to see it. That'd be a good one. Here's a, here's a, this big points for this one. If you're in a meeting at work or school, walk to the front of the room with your knees touching like this, and then, and then ask, may I go to the potty? I dare you. I dare you. I want to see it. Film it. Post it. I want to see it. One more. Before you leave today, here's a fun one. Before you leave Mountain today, one of our campuses, go up to someone, preferably someone you don't know, shake their hands, look in their eye, and say, God made you, and that makes you beautiful. You could do that. But you won't, I, I dare you. 
in a moment, I'm going to share some actually some really non-silly, really important dares that have to do with your walk. All right? We're going to talk about walking. Have you noticed I'm walking? You're walking too. Everybody has their own way of walking. We, we went home on uh, January 1 for a few days to be with our family. And uh, so time at the airport allowed me to sit there. And you watch, everyone has their own walk. You notice that? You watch people walk by? Some people walk real fast in business. Some people kind of shuffle and slow. Some kind of jiggle, some wiggle, you know. Everyone's different in their way. Have you, and you know, and as I was watching people walk, there's this song. This song that keeps coming in my mind. Do you know that song? That's what I was thinking. Anyway, and it turns out that the Bible has a lot to say about how you should walk. Bible says walk this way, and we're going to talk about that. Let me ask you a question. How is your walk with God right now? How's your walk with God these days? How about this question? If I told you that you could take a step, and you knew that step would drastically change and improve your walk with God, would you do it? Would you take that step? Don't answer too quickly. Luke uh, kicked us off last week, and he confided in us that when he was a kid, he used to go skiing, and he was daring and adventurous. It was so fun. He would zoom down the hills. It was exhilarating, but nanny got old. And now he skis all cautious and plays it safe. And technically, he's still skiing, but it's kind of a disappointment. And you know, he's right. We can be the same way with God. We can be the same way with our faith. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where, where it's not the what it once was when it was so exhilarating. Maybe, maybe you know what I'm saying. There was a period where you can remember you really leaned on God. You were maybe scared or stuck and you had to. And you dared to trust Him. And God came through for you. And it was exhilarating and amazing. Or maybe you... Maybe you we're so on fire in your faith at one point that you just kind of spilled over and you started talking to people about your faith. And you, you say, I don't even know where the words came from. It just, I just I felt like God just gave me the words and it was exciting and exhilarating and awesome. Or maybe you jumped into a ministry. It was kind of out of your element or, or sort of scary for you, but you did it anyway. And God met you in that moment and it was amazing and you were kind of feeling it. Or, or maybe you have committed to surrender your whole life to God, and you know that includes your finances. And so you made a commitment to God to sacrifice for Him, and you weren't sure how it was going to work out, but it did, and you got this amazing story, and you wanted to tell everyone about how good God is. Maybe you, maybe you have skied your faith like that, but maybe right now, you know, your faith is kind of failing or flailing, or it's not daring, it's dull. Because maybe it's not an adventure because you're not really trusting God in your walk for anything. There's nothing in your life that can only be explained by the presence of God. And if that's where you are, maybe, you, maybe you're brand new to this and you've never had a relationship with Jesus. Or maybe you grew up in the church, but you've just been going through the motions and you don't have a relationship with Jesus either. Or maybe you have had, but right now, honestly, your faith is kind of at a standstill. What I want to do is I want to dare you, okay? I want to dare you to open your heart to God. See what happens. Open your heart to God and your spirit. And let me just call you and me with you. Let me call all of us out right now and say, I dare you to take some steps. Take one step today. Forward in your faith in the next few moments. 
I want to boldly remind us that if you think you can walk with Jesus and play it safe, you're forgetting who Jesus really is. And if you think you can walk with God and, and have your life never be challenged, never be changed, stay safe and comfortable, and always you're in charge, then you're forgetting who God really is. Because God says, it's going to feel a little scary, but it's going to be an adventure, and I've got you the whole way, so let's go. So I dare you. That's, that's the challenge. What does it look like? When you have a faith like that, the four letters of the word dare spell out something really cool. It's a great goal for us. So D-A-R-E. D stands for do something that matters. It's not enough to say I believe certain things or I got my beliefs right. No, you got to act on it. When you really love and trust God, you're going to try to do something to make an impact, a difference, a ministry. And there's so much that you can do. We're going to talk about that. So we're not some of those people who just talk a big game and never do anything. And A stands for ask God what to give. Because each of us needs to hold our possessions and our money loosely so we can prove that we've surrendered everything to God. And so when you ask God what to give and then do it, it gives you this exhilaration. So each of us is, no matter where we are in our life or our faith or our finances, is going to be challenged to ask God what we should be giving to God in 2020. And, and R stands for reach out to people who are really far from God and, and just take a dare that you'll maybe have a spiritual conversation, make an invitation. And E stands for encounter God in a fresh way. Like bump into Him, have, have some experience and encounter with God in a fresh way. Can you imagine, y'all, if we would all do that together over the next little while, as we get ready to launch a new campus in Aberdeen in the fall of 2020, what if we all together, like you and the person next to you and the person next to them and me and all of us really just did stuff that mattered and said, I'm going to help at the campus or help here or go on a trip or serve somehow. What if we really asked God what we're supposed to sacrifice for him financially? What if we really reached out to people and talked to them and invited them that didn't go anywhere with God? And what if we encountered God ongoing in a fresh way. Oh my gosh, it'd be super exciting. Are you up for that? I hope so. Today we want to talk about encountering God in a fresh way. We give you an opportunity to encounter God in a fresh way. Jesus, um, kind of, the story of Jesus is recorded in the Gospel of Mark in a beautiful way. It's my favorite story of Jesus probably. I don't know if you're supposed to allowed to have favorites, but I do. Mark's my favorite. I mean, it always strikes me like a reality TV show. It's like the cameras are rolling on Jesus all the time, and you see him. You see him praying in the morning to the Father. You see him teaching the crowds, and he kind of follows them around. And what you see is his interactions with people always leaves them changed. When you encounter Jesus, they're always changed. Like whether it's, you know, the guy's in a boat during a storm or raising a girl or healing a woman or healing a blind man, everyone who encounters Jesus walks differently. Jesus gets out of the boat and comes up on shore and there's this guy who's in, like invaded with demons. The devil's got him. And he's out of control. Nobody can do anything to help him. He's hurting himself, cussing out everybody. Scary. And he sees Jesus a long way off and he knows exactly who Jesus is. And he falls at Jesus' feet. You know what he says? He says, get away from me. And I think sometimes if we're honest, that's how we feel. Like, I want to keep doing what I'm doing. Leave me alone. 
I want to walk the way I want to walk my life. Get away from me, God. Jesus casts those demons out of that man and heals him. And there he is. He's whole and he's pure and he's clean and he's free. And you know what that man says to Jesus? He says, Jesus, where are you going? I, I want to go with you. Jesus, I want to walk with you. Because that's the way it is. When you encounter Jesus, you want to go with him. You want him to go with you. You want to walk with him. When you encounter the real Jesus. It's true for every one of us. So I want to encourage you to have that kind of encounter with Jesus. As we talk about these dares today. To, to walk toward Jesus, not away from him. To walk with him, not on your own. And to walk with some others who are walking with him as well. Let me take those one at a time. Let me just dare you. I dare you to walk toward God. Walk toward God. Because the truth is, some of us are walking away from God right now. You're walking away from God. You're walking in a direction that's leading you further away from the things of God, the heart of God, the way of God. It may not be evil. It might be. It might just be sort of neutral mediocrity, but you're walking away from God. James 4.8 says, come near to God, and He will come near to you. But you've got to come near to Him. And the opposite is true. If you walk away from God, you're, God will pursue you from a distance, but He's waiting for you to come near to Him so He can come near to you. So what about you? Are you moving in the wrong direction? As you examine your life, are you going away from God, the things that God cares about? what he's calling you to. Deuteronomy 8 in the Old Testament says it's paramount that you keep the commandments of God. Walk down the roads that he shows you and reverently respect him. Does that describe your life? We've shared these words before from Andy Stanley, but they're so good, we've got we to share them again. Your direction determines your destination. Think about it. Think about those words. Your direction determines your destination. You say you want to go to Florida to Disney World. Great. You tell everyone, that's where I'm going. You want to go to Disney World. You plan on going to Disney World. Great. You load up the car, you get in, you start the engine, and you get on I-95 and you start driving north. Are you going to end up in Disney World? No, you are not. Why? Because your direction determines your destination. And this is true in every area of our lives. We say, I want to end up there. I want that kind of marriage. I want to have that kind of health. I want to have that kind of child in my life. I want to have, you know, raise kids this way. I want God to bless my finances this way. I want all these things. I want God in my life. I say all these things about my destination. But if you're not moving in the direction of the one who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, you're not going to end up there. It's like driving north expecting to land at Disney World. It doesn't work that way. I know this. I know this. I'm talking to someone right now, and you're walking in the wrong direction. You're walking away from God in your life. God knows it. People who love you know it. And I love you enough to tell you what you know, and that is that you're walking in the wrong direction. You can't end up in the light if you walk in darkness. You're not going to... Your direction determines your destination. Jeremiah chapter 6 Verse 16, it's a good one. This is what the Lord says. It says, sometimes when you're walking on the road of life, you've got to stop and stand at that crossroads because it matters which way you go. Look 
Look, stop and look what you're doing. And look and consider God's ancient paths, those time-trusted good ways of God, and walk in that way. That's where you're going to find the rest for your souls. That's the destination we all want. The way that you are maybe going is not going to get you there. Some of us need to stop, full stop, honest assessment of our life, and just say, am I walking in the wrong direction? Mike Bro has shared an autobiography in five short chapters. Listen to this. Chapter one. I walk down the street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I'm lost. I'm helpless. It isn't my fault. It takes me forever to find my way out. Chapter two. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend I don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I'm in the same place, but it isn't my fault. It still takes me a long time to get out. Chapter 3. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it is there. I still fall in. It's a habit. My eyes are open. I know where I am. And it is my fault. I get out immediately. Chapter 4. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. Chapter 5. I walk down a different street. Do you need to walk down a different street in 2020? Instead of making the same old mistakes... Same old excuses, same old ruts and patterns and habits and destructive way of treating people you love. Your direction determines your destination. You're on a path and some of us need to stop and go to the ancient ways, the God ways, the good ways. Leave the habit, leave the sin, get some help, walk toward God. You don't have to get there in one step. Just I'm on a treadmill to demonstrate a long obedience in the same direction starts with one step. Just walk toward God. God, I dare you. You won't be sorry. All right, that's the first one. Unfortunately, there's more. This is one sermon I'll be the one who's most glad when it's over. For a change. You don't have to laugh at that. Walk toward God. Second, I dare you to walk with God. With God. Walk, live your life with God. Walk with God. If your friend goes for a walk and you don't go with your friend and you stay home or whatever, then you're not in those moments. You're not able to hear each other's conversation. You're not able to enjoy each other's company. You're not going to share things and know what's going on in each other's life. And it's the same way with God. We're called to walk with God so that we can hear each other. If we don't walk with God, you won't hear each other's conversation and know what's going on and enjoy each other's company. It's the same way. Colossians 1.10 says, walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. What a great prayer for us. God, help me to walk worthy of you this year. Colossians 2 verse 6, you received Christ Jesus as Lord. That's great. Now walk in him. Walk with him. That's the call. So remember we said your direction determines your destination, right? Remember that? Let me give you an update. Your decisions determine your direction. 
Your direction determines your destination. Guess what determines your direction? The decisions you make. Not just, I'm going to walk with God as a one-time big decision you make and it's done. No, no. You've got to make that decision on the daily. And it's lots of little decisions that determine your direction, which determines your destination. I want to highlight for you one critical decision that you can make and I encourage you to make and everyone can make as a keystone habit in your life. And that is getting into God's Word and getting some Scripture intake into your life and soul and heart because it will change everything. Psalm 119, verses 105, says that, God, Your Word is like a lamp to my feet. It's like a light to my path. It lights up the way so I can see where I need to go, what I need to do, how I need to handle this parenting dilemma, how I need to handle this marriage problem, how I need to handle this business decision. Your word can be like a light lighting up where I should go. But it's not just what I should do and where I should go. It's also your word, God, is, is a way to help me in who I'm becoming. And some of us need to think about that because we've been feeding ourselves a lot of junk lately. The blunt and honest truth is that if you want to walk in a new direction, you've got to get less garbage intake. That's just the way it is. Pornographic videos or a steady diet of cynical political banter or feeding on the ideas of envy or revenge that people talk into your head or binging too much on, on games or social media or Netflix or whatever it is. I don't mean to be railing against the evils of society. I'm not. I'm just someone who loves you enough to tell you what you already know, that what you put in will affect how you walk. And if you want to walk with God, then it matters. We're walking somewhere or other. What's guiding your steps? Psalm 119, verse 133 says, What if we could just say to God, God, you guide my steps, and let your word be the way that happens, by feeding and intake. I want to share something with you. I hope convicts you and persuades you to make a decision today, a decision that will influence your direction and your destination, all right? Specifically this week and maybe over the next 12 weeks. A recent study was done where they polled about 40,000 Americans between the ages of 8 and 80 about their daily decisions and practices, particularly how people were encountering God through the Bible. And they stumbled on some results that were not what they were expecting but became the highlight of the study. Here's what they learned. Turns out that when people are in Scripture one time a week... And that could be like, you could count this. Preachers has opened the Bible, you spend some time in it. That, in, in, that engagement was positive, but statistically speaking, it had a negligible effect on key areas of a person's life. When people are involved with Scripture two times a week, pretty much same thing, only a slight increase, but negligible effect, statistically speaking, in life practices. At three times a week, there was a little blip on the screen, Something happened. There was a heartbeat there, something different. But here's what they found. Super important. When we're in Scripture four times a week, it literally spikes off the chart. Isn't that interesting? You kind of expect it to be gradual, like one time a week, two times a week, three times a week, four times. No, it's one, two, three, four. Crazy. What's significant about that? Something radically different happens in attitudes, behaviors, and practices and habits. Like what you ask? Well, here's what the data found. Feeling lonely dropped 30% when you're in the Word four times a week. People said, my anger issues dropped 32% four times a week. That's a third, y'all. A third of your anger issues, gone. 
just from that habit. Bitterness in relationships, marriage and kids and stuff like that, dropped 40%. Alcohol usage that you regret dropped 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant dropped 60%. You hearing this? Viewing pornography dropped 61%. And on the positive side, the desire to talk about your faith with someone else shot up 200%. And the desire to be with other believers and encourage them in their walk as well shot up 230%. So listen, you hear me? I'm daring you right now, all right? Four times a week. If it wasn't enough that Jesus gives us his example of being a student of the word, if that's not enough for you, and you're supposed to follow in his steps, if it's not enough that the Bible actually commands us to be in his word, if it's not enough that the Bible promises us, it will, it will be like a light to our feet and give us life and hope. If it's not enough that for 2,000 years, Christians have been giving a testimony to say, when I'm in the word, it changes my life, my attitudes, and everything about it. If that's not enough, maybe this study will convince you. All right? It's not just being in the word of God. It's not just a religious box you got to check. It's, it's you walking with Jesus. So you can have that conversation and say, what are you saying to me? And here's what I want to say to you through your prayers. And your whole life will be different. You may still feel lonely, but if you're in the Word, that those messages come back to you like, oh, I am not alone. And Jesus says, I will never be with, I'll be with you always, see? You might still have some stuff that makes you angry, but you'll handle your anger issues differently. Because anger is just a symptom of some kind of frustration or insecurity. And when you know who you are in Christ because of the Word of God, you handle all that way differently. And your bitterness in relationships is changed because of the, the identity you have and the love that can come into your heart. And you're able to forgive and heal and move past stuff. And all the coping mechanisms like our porn and our, and our, 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 our escapes like alcohol and drugs. When Jesus is constantly in your ear reminding us, I'm enough for you. You don't have to go looking for other ways to fill you up and to escape and to be a slave to other stuff. Because Jesus is enough because you're in the word. Four times a week, I dare you. Make it a commitment. Make it a commitment. I dare you. Four times. If you, I want to challenge you. Some of you, you can do it for 12 weeks. Between now and Easter, it'll change your life. I promise. So you got to find a way to do it. Just take a step, just like I'm doing. So start this week, all right? I'm daring you four times. This one you can count if you want to, if you're cheap and you want to count this one. That's all right. You go to a small group, there's another one. Great. Good. You got two down already. A couple more. Um... A lot of you should probably get the Bible app on your phone or tablet or computer. It'll help you a ton. I love it. You know, you can, you can get all these translations. It's got Bible reading plans. It'll send it to you every day and just help you so much. You know, wherever you are with the Bible, you can start at any level, any topic. It'll bring a study to you. I got my little read this morning. It's like, there it is. It's reminding me right there. Or go old school, get a new Bible or get a Bible and mark it up. Like, like read the Gospel of Luke. There's 24 chapters. You can read one chapter a day with a couple of days off in the month. Or maybe Proverbs, because there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. Maybe God did it that way because there's 31 days in a month. I don't know. But you do that. You give it an earnest go. Some of you, I dare you between now and Easter, 12 weeks, four times a week. Tell me your story. I'd love to hear from you. There's so much else we could talk about. We need to talk about, about walking with God, decisions you need to make. We don't have time to talk about prayer and all those things right now. But unfortunately, there's more. 
Are you hot? Anybody? I don't mean unfortunately. I'm excited about this last one. Here it is. Walk toward God. Make a stop and change direction when you need to. Walk with God, especially through Scripture intake, four times a week. And then we need to walk with some others who are followers of Jesus. Walk with other followers. Guys, because we got to do that. We need to walk with God, with others. Proverbs 13 says, walk with the wise, and guess what? You end up becoming wise. Funny how that works. You associate with fools, and you know what happens. It matters who you walk with. I want to ask you a question. Have you been through rooted yet? And if yes, you're like, oh, yes, I'm glad he's talking about it. And if not, I dare you right now to sign up for the next one. Deadline is January 20th. I dare you. Ten weeks will change your life. Promise you. Get into another group if you've already been through Rooted. Stay grouped. I got together with some friends from Mountain recently, and we talked about some of this stuff, about the importance of walking with others, and I want you to hear what they had to say. Check it out. talk about groups since it was just a great example and, and and feel free to say more about what it means to you but talk about your group life and the feeling connected and like you belong somewhere because I think there's a myth uh, I, I call it a myth one of the things that people think about mountain is it's so big mm-hmm. it's so big and I think people who don't know mountain assume that oh well that means that everybody kind of doesn't know everybody and, and that you, I, you don't probably know everybody but the sense of community is a different story. What you're describing is, is what we're hoping everyone experiences. Are you experiencing that? And if so, tell us a little bit about it. So my faith has been growing a little bit at a time. And I, I think the big thing, for at least for me and, and probably a lot, of, a lot of us, is I know in order to get to the next step, I have to apply myself. The, the beauty of the group and the two, two big things I get out of it is the fellowship. Okay, it's not just about getting together and reading the gospel. Uh, certainly that's uh, why we're there. But we have to allow time for ourselves to talk about life. I actually um, I did root it um, actually twice. And I actually facilitated a group last fall and glory to God, our group is still together. The best part of Rooted was making new friends. I gained 13 new girlfriends, and it was a sweet time to to dig deep, deeper myself into things I struggle with, things I didn't realize I struggle with. Rooted is a time that you do that, uh, because with the busyness of life, there's not a lot of time to go deep sometimes, and Rooted helped me do that and open up about things and hear others open up about things and there's a lot of healing and freedom when you do that. We think of accountability as being like, oh, someone's going to catch me doing something wrong or whatever. You can look at it that way if you want, but if you really want to move forward in your faith, you need help. Because I and I need the encouragement from you. And so, yeah, and aren't we all hungry for someone to say, man, I just, I don't know, I saw the way that that happened. It didn't look like that was your best version of you, man. Are you sure? I, you know, I just invite you to think about that. It's like, wow, who loves you enough to say that? And you're only going to get that in, in a group, you know, they call out the best in us. You know, there were moments this year that I went through some deep despair. And when I called out to people in my small group, 
it was just either a text or a call and they were there. They were, they were just right there. My family's far from me. So my brother's in New Jersey. Um, all my cousins have moved to like Florida. My parents live in Puerto Rico. So this is my family here. And the struggles that I've had in my life, whether it's as a mom, as a wife, as a, an employee, as a manager, you know, faith walk. That's why I have a small group. It's, with, it's for accountability, it's for sharing, it's for all of it. So, we need each other, y'all. We really do. You're not meant to f walk with God by yourself. We need to do it together. To find strength when you're struggling. To find those friends to do life with. To, to help us get where we want to go. And to just do our Christian walk with. We need friends that know us and love us who also know and love Jesus. That's what we need in our life. Someone who knows you, loves you, but also knows and loves Jesus. So who are you walking with? Is there a step that you might need to take to shore that up so you can get where you want to be because you're walking with others who are followers of Jesus too? Could be rooted, could be a group, I don't know. One step at a time. One step at a time. Walk toward God. Stop. Change direction. Some of you are going to change your life because of a decision you're making right now. Walk with God. Scripture intake four times a week. Walk with some others who are walking with God. Get grouped up, y'all. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word, which challenges us, teaches us. We thank you for Jesus, and now we pray that you'll give us the courage and the wisdom to follow in his steps, the beautiful path that he has marked out for us. I pray for these, my friends, as they, as they walk with you and towards you and with others. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen.